It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today, as always. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and uh, we've been discussing this quite a bit lately. Uh, it's uh, something I feel very passionate about that I think we've we've got to get better at having these uh, uncomfortable conversations uh, when it comes to our mental fitness and mental health. Uh, in the last couple of days, I uh, actually did a uh, podcast, one of my Therefore What podcasts, uh, with the uh, co-founders of a really unique new nonprofit organization focused on mental fitness and healthier minds at work. And so we've uh, got that posted on our Facebook page. So you can go check out the entire Therefore What podcast if you want to listen to my whole interview. Uh, But Trent Mono and uh, Rachel Merrill are the co-founders of Room Here. So Room Here is a nonprofit organization, as I mentioned, is focused on mental fitness. And I love the nuance between uh, mental illness and mental fitness and why we need to make sure we're promoting and sustaining healthier minds at work. It's where a lot of us spend a lot of our days and being able to have those crucial conversations, those sometimes uncomfortable conversations uh, are are so vital. And so I want to share just a little bit of that with you today as we roll into the holidays. And obviously it's been a very stressful period of time and and there are more challenges yet to come. And so how wh- how and what we are doing as it relates to our mental fitness is every bit as important as what we're doing with our physical fitness, our spiritual fitness. Uh, all of those things uh, can use some work. So I, I asked Rachel Merrill, again, one of the co-founders, uh, how they came about their idea for Room Here, again, about this approach to mental fitness. We started talking about mental health over a year ago, and we in the community in the tech industry here in Utah, we just noticed that Within this community, there was such a, a need and a push to all the time be crushing it, and there's just a lot of pressure. And Trent and I started having conversations with people and close friends of Trent in the community. Many of them were having struggles with mental illnesses and challenges, and we decided to kind of come together and bring a group together to really talk about the concerns and the challenges that the community was facing. And as we talked about mental health, we realized we'd have a reaction that, Either people would say, like, oh, mental health is awesome, like I've struggled with suicide, depression, or kind of hit that side of things. And then other people would say, like, oh, that's great, you're doing stuff with mental health, but that doesn't apply to me because I'm not suicidal. And so we saw immediately that there's kind of this uh, disconnection between the conversation of mental health only being so focused on suicide and mental illness. And we realized that for this to be a conversation for everybody, we needed to reframe it. And so we decided to reframe the conversation to mental fitness where kind of like the approach of like physical fitness, we all have a body that we take care of. We all have minds that we need to take care of whether or not 
we have an illness, it's something that we all should be talking about and all be taking care of. So I love that whole idea of, hey, it's not just when you have mental illness. Uh, you got to get out in front of these things. And just as we look at our physical fitness, you know, it just doesn't mean if you're physically ill, of course, we go to the doctor, we get we get that taken care of. But it's more what do we do to prevent that? How do we get out ahead of these things that is really critical? Uh, I asked Trent Mono, uh, the other co-founder of uh, Room Here, uh, of how how to really uh, get past some of the stereotypes, some of the stigma around the conversations, and especially as it relates to businesses, businesses here in the state of Utah, what do leaders need to do to create that kind of environment where mental fitness can be a topic of discussion? Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things that we believe is that that leaders need to go first, mm-hmm. um, that the the CEOs and, and leaders leaders of these companies they have such an impact on on the way that mental health and mental fitness is perceived within their companies. Two quick examples. One, we had, this happened a few years ago, but there was a local tech company who provided uh, in-house therapists for their employees. They would come in every Tuesday and Thursday. They would have a specific room that they would get set up in, and people could could go in and visit with, with a therapist. And at one of their all-hands uh, town hall meetings, the CEO of the company said, that, you know, I notice everyone who go, who walks down that hall, and I make a mental note of that. And everyone just was like, oh, so we're actually not supposed to be using these services that you're providing. And so it, so it just dried up. Right. And and on, on the flip side, two positive examples of that, two CEOs in the community that I really admire, David Smith and, and uh, Nate Quigley, the CEOs of Cotopaxi and Chatbooks, um, they've both been very vocal about a providing therapy for all of their employees, and B the fact that they that's so needed, and it's something that everyone should feel like it is something that everyone can and should use. And they've seen upwards of 60% usage in their in their companies of people trying therapy for the first time or u- using that as the way that they they access therapy for themselves. And it's just so important to, to have these leaders that are are willing to say, hey, this is a normal conversation. No, there are nobody uncomfortable saying. Yes, you need to go out and exercise. There's no stigma, nothing around that. But as as leaders come forward and say, yeah, getting help is perfectly normal. Everyone should be doing this. And we've seen some great effects as, as leaders have, have started that conversation. So as we look at how we go about that, uh, I, I often use the example of, you know, what are you going to do if you, if you have a problem uh, up at the top of the cliff with people falling off? Uh, is it better to to do as the old uh, story goes? You know, do you park the ambulances down in the valley uh, so you're ready for that, or do you build fences up at the top uh, and get people to to back away? And so I, I asked Rachel Merrill about that in terms of how do we make sure that we're not just uh, getting a fleet of ambulances at the bottom of the cliff, uh, which is where a lot of the negative ramifications of mental illness, depression, suicidal attempts, and so on. Uh, we, we can't just have things parked at the bottom. we got to build things up at the top. It's so important to have leaders lead out because we want to help in this process before we reach crisis situations. Because when, when there's a crisis, it's a lot harder and there's, there's regrets or there's things that people wish had they had done in advance. And so leaders leading out now to say, like, let's normalize this conversation, let's provide for our people, and understanding that, that by helping there be tools in place to help people feel psychological safety to open up earlier about struggles from any degree, right, whether they're severe or not, um, that really helps the whole company environment. And 
you know, we care about people, right? And your people are your greatest asset. And when your people are not in a good place, it affects so many things. Like you mentioned, you know, attention, productivity, creativity. And it affects the way for coworkers and leaders to connect and communicate. So there's so many effects that I think we still don't even understand how how important this really is. It's our human mind that we're talking about. Our mind is the thing that we filter everything through. So I think it's just really powerful that leaders, as we start now, we can help with anything preventative and really help people to open up earlier and hopefully not have to encounter as many crisis situations when suddenly that's the time that people sometimes wake up to the need to address our mental well-being. Such an important topic. Uh, appreciate uh, their leadership there. You can go to roomhere.org, roomhere.org. Uh, some great resources there, again, especially for fostering these conversations and this kind of support within organizations, within businesses uh, that really needs to be part of that social fabric that keeps us all rolling forward, uh, especially those who are suffering from some of those uh challenging situations as it relates to uh, mental illness. And of course, we want to get to mental fitness is the real key, uh, especially going into the holidays. And and if there's anyone in your world that you are wondering about or worried about, reach out, speak up, uh, text in, use all the resources that are available. Uh, and if you're the one listening today and you're struggling, we need you here. We need you in the game. You're not alone. Come along with us, and uh, we'll find a path forward. All right, we're going to step aside uh, for a quick commercial break. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about what it really means to forgive. We had uh, one of our listeners chime in with a great story of the power of forgiveness and what it does for you, the forgiver. Stay tuned. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 